Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. I got a fantastic and jam-packed Thursday show for you today, so buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. Y'all, first up, we have easily the most requested story of the day, and that is the controversy and backlash around YouTube creator PewDiePie. So this all starts earlier this week when he posts a video titled My Dog Cringes at TikToks, where he and his dog Maya react to TikToks that he describes as cringy. One of the videos that he included was by a creator named Scarlett May, who we also put in the thumbnail, and who also happens to be a massive, massive TikToker who is deaf and often posts storytime videos videos where she speaks and signs at the same time. And in the specific video that PewDiePie reacted to, she's wearing long nails while telling a story about ordering at a drive-thru. And this is PewDiePie's now deleted reaction to it. Well, I was at a drive-thru and it has like the people where they stand outside and they take your order before you go up to like the window. So I pull up and I roll my window down and this lady when I- No, I'm not listening to this. Look, she has your crazy nails, Maya. So anyway, what I did was I went outside and then I peed and then I pooped a little bit as well and it was crazy. Sorry, am I nails distracting you guys? Right, so that moment gets clipped, it's shared on other social media, absolutely blows up, especially over on Twitter, with a ton of people outraged at this and saying things like, PewDiePie mocked a young deaf woman's voice on long nails while using his dog's paws to mock her using sign language. We have to stop giving insipid jackasses large platforms to bully people. As well as, as a partial deaf person whose hearing is completely gone in my left ear, PewDiePie's actions were fucking disgusting. I found it so offensive. Mocking a deaf person like that, I feel so bad for her. Also, you had others having different issues with the clip saying things like, PewDiePie isn't ableist. He just wanted to mock a black woman for millions of viewers for having long fingernails and speaking in her natural dialect. It's only racism. But also at the same time, PewDiePie had many supporters, a lot of people defending him, with their arguments having range, but essentially coming down to saying that he wasn't making fun of her for being deaf or black, but simply because he thought that her nails were distracting, saying things like, I don't even watch his shit, but y'all will find anything to take out of context and get mad over it. And PewDiePie is under fire for making fun of a girl's nails and literally nothing else, and saying that Twitter has really set the bar low for cancellation. And while on social media, there has been no shortage of reactions, of course, the big question is, well, what about the two people at the center of this story? Right, like I mentioned, the clip involving Scarlett May has since been removed from PewDiePie's video, and both of them have now issued a response to the situation. You had Scarlett posting a TikTok saying, well, apparently there's a big YouTuber named like PewDie, whatever, I don't know his name, but he made like a reaction video to one of my TikToks, making fun of like my nails, making fun of my signs with his dog, and then like, I guess at one point mocking my voice. So how do I feel? I feel like it was very weird and very unnecessary, but at the same time, I wasn't surprised I'm used to it. It's been a big issue in the deaf community. I've been trying to like normalize and put it out that using nails while signing is normal, like it's okay, but then a big creator comes on here and puts us like a million steps back. So it's very frustrating. Maybe he didn't know I was doing sign language. Maybe he just didn't like my long nails. That's okay. A lot of people don't like them. That's fine, they're not for you. Scarlett then also adding in that video that while she tries to give him the benefit of the doubt, she says based on the way that he mocked her voice and used his dog's paws to mimic signing, she thinks that he did know. But still also adding in the caption of the video, we all make mistakes, hopefully he learns from this. And for his part, PewDiePie pinned a comment to his video saying, hey, just to clear a few things up, I edited out the clip with the girl that has the long nails. Had no clue she was deaf, but kind of dumb of me to not realize. Still, watching through the clip, I only poked fun of her long nails. Also saying the voice I did for my dog is the same voice I've given her for years. And closing with, and making my dog's paws move was poking at people always dancing or doing some move on TikTok, which is an ongoing theme in the whole video. Anyway, honest mistake, my bad. With Scarlett also having been removed from the thumbnail of the video as well. But ultimately, that is where the story is now. It'll be interesting to see if anything else happens or if it's done now. Or does anyone else sound off? Do the, the two people at the core of this story add anything else or is it over? But, while we wait to see what happens, I do want to pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts here? Like looking at the reactions we featured in this video, like do you land in a certain camp? Yes, no, why, why not? 
any and all thoughts, I'd love to hear from you. And then let's talk about this wild news about a murder that has resulted in a $7 billion judgment. Right, so specifically, a Texas jury has now found Charter Spectrum liable for $7 billion in punitive damages for the murder of 83-year-old Betty Thomas. And that is on top of the around $340 million in compensatory damages that the company has already been ordered to pay. And so the question you probably have at this point is, okay, well, how are they liable? What did they do? And as it turns out, the jury found that Spectrum had, quote, systemic failures when it hired 43-year-old Roy Holden Jr. as a field technician. And it was Holden who serviced Thomas's home in December of 2019 before returning the next day in his Spectrum van to murder Thomas with a Spectrum-provided knife, with him then stealing her credit cards and going on a spending spree. And while Holden is obviously the murderer, the jury found that all of this could have been prevented if the company had properly vetted him. But as it turns out, when the company bought Time Warner Cable, it got rid of an employee screening process that would have shown that Holden had a long history of lying. Past employers who weren't contacted when he was hired showed that Holden harassed fellow employees, was a forger, and falsified documents. And reportedly in the weeks and days leading up to the murder, Holden had complained to managers that he had no money and no place to stay due to an ongoing divorce. With it reportedly going as far as Holden breaking down crying in a meeting and saying he wasn't okay. Holden then began scamming elderly female Spectrum customers, stealing their credit cards or checks. But what really did Spectrum in was their attempt to cover up how liable they were. But the jury found the company guilty of forgery after it falsified documents to try and get Thomas's family into forced arbitration to solve this problem. Which, if they had succeeded, the company would have saved a ton of money as it would have just been on the hook for the amount of her last phone bill. And according to the Thomas family's lawyer, Charter Spectrum had too many chances to prevent this tragedy and the company showed a complete disregard for the safety of its customers. Worse, the trial reveals how vulnerable Charter Spectrum customers remain today at the hands of a company that appears not to care about public safety. Now, if this whole story freaks you out about the cable guy coming to your home, I just want to say, get that out of your head. This is just one case compared to thousands of cable guys, but what should maybe freak you out is that the company revealed that there has actually been more than 2,500 thefts by Spectrum employees against customers over the past few years that are refused to investigate or report to police. Yeah, that's cool. But from that, I want to thank today's sponsor, Pinfinity. The first and only augmented reality pin company. Go see the pins come alive in AR at pins.ar slash DeFranco. Pinfinity creates high quality hard enamel collectible pins that come alive in the augmented reality space, bringing our favorite fandoms to life with animation, sound, and interactive experiences. Like, check out these sick pins from one of my favorite games growing up, Street Fighter. You can collect all your favorite fighters and experience them come to life through their special attacks. My favorite's still Blanca. Pinfinity also has officially licensed products from classic film and TV like Transformers, G.I. Joe, Power Rangers, J and Silent Bob, and they've even partnered with NASA to celebrate the STS Space Shuttle program. And right now, gaming subscribers get three exclusive pins from Saints Row in partnership with Deep Silver, and the MTG fans will not be disappointed with these beautifully crafted, exclusively designed Double Masters pins. So head to pins.ar slash DeFranco, check out some of my favorite pins, and start your collection today. That's pins.ar slash DeFranco, and once these collectibles are sold out, that's it. And actually, if you're a creator doing merch and you want to develop your own AR pins, just click the link in the description to get started. And then, we absolutely have to talk about U.S. military veterans getting poisoned by their own government. Which sounds like a story where everyone would be on the same page and on the same side, but turns out no. Right, so at the center of this is the Defense Department's method for disposing trash. Because when you're out in the middle of the desert, there's no garbage truck that just magically picks everything up and whisks it away, and instead they ended up using burn pits. Which if you don't know is a practice mostly stopped in the mid-2010s, but before that the military would take all the waste from bases in Iraq, Afghanistan, and elsewhere like plastics, rubber, chemical mixtures, and medical waste, then dig a huge pit outside, dump it all in there, and douse it in jet fuel and set it on fire. With a toxic fumes from these burn pits unsurprisingly being linked to health problems like respiratory ailments and rare cancers in around 3.5 million veterans from recent wars, according to the DOD's own estimates. With one service member describing what it's like. As soon as I arrived in country, there in Balad, I, I noticed the stench. For me, it just smelled like just uh, like I was living next to a landfill. Just that, that, that stench of 
just burning rubber or something. This is nasty. But for years, because fuck our government, the VA had resisted calls to recognize the effects of burn pit exposure, depriving veterans of disability pay and medical reimbursement. That is until last year, because it awarded presumptive benefit status to post 9-11 veterans so they don't actually have to prove their illness was caused by time overseas. Though, big asterisk, that only applied to those who got asthma, rhinitis, and sinusitis. And it had to happen within 10 years of their service. And with all this, if you didn't know, one of the people that's been the most outspoken advocate for this cause as well is pushing for Congress to help first responders affected by 9-11 is John Stewart. Back in March, we saw him slamming lawmakers for delaying any meaningful action. They're all gonna say the same thing. We wanna do it, we wanna support the veterans, but we wanna do it the right way, we wanna be responsible. You know what would have been nice? If they had been responsible 20 years ago and hadn't spent tw trillions of dollars on overseas adventures, if they had been responsible and hadn't spent billions of dollars for defense contractors to poison our own troops. If they had been responsible and understood that 20 years of war was gonna create an overflow and an influx of sick veterans paying the consequences of those wars, they had their chance to be responsible and they blew it. And awesomely, last month, it looked like Congress finally listened because the Senate actually did a thing. They passed a historic bipartisan bill to widely expand healthcare resources and benefits to veterans exposed to burn pits, adding 23 conditions to the list of what the VA covers, including hypertension and absolutely massive, calling for investments in VA healthcare facilities, claims processing in the VA workforce, while also strengthening federal research on toxic exposure. And all of this also being very personal for President Biden, who believes that burn pits may have caused the brain cancer that killed his son, Bo, in Iraq in 2015. And so if some Something passes the Senate, you're like, oh, this is done. This is a done deal. Right? The bill goes over to the House for a procedural vote on minor technical corrections and then returns to the Senate, where it was expected to be finally confirmed. But that's when Senate Republicans did a surprise backflip, decided to throw the whole thing into limbo because you have 25 GOP senators who previously voted for the bill now revoking their support, effectively blocking it from moving forward, as well as Democratic leader Chuck Schumer switching his vote to a no, even though he does support the bill. Though that is a strategic move just to make sure that another vote is allowed in the future, which left the bill with just 55 yes votes and only a few votes shy of the 60 needed to pass. And so as far as why the fuck are they doing this, you have Texas Republican John Cornyn blaming Schumer for not allowing two amendment votes that he says that they agreed on. And adding that Republicans want to eliminate some mandatory spending in the bill and then they expect it to pass. But right now, it's not clear when the vote might be rescheduled since the Senate is taking a month-long recess at the end of the next week. Which is why among many, you have Democrats slamming the reversal with Veterans Affairs Committee Chair John Tester calling it an 11th hour act of cowardice. And saying that more veterans will die because of this as well as you had John Stewart just clearly fed up with all the bullshit. It's the exact same bill. They changed one sentence in the House. The sentence in the House they changed was about using rural medical practices for the VA, which apparently triggered a constitutional crisis. Their constituents are dying. If this is America first, America is fucked. But ultimately, that is where we are right now. We're gonna have to wait to see what happens, but I, I wanna know your thoughts. And of course, I wanna know everyone's thoughts. But specifically, if you are a military service member, or you have one in your family, or you're friends with one, like, what are your thoughts here? Because I feel like there's such a disconnect between what people say and like what we fucking do. Right? We call members of the military heroes. We, we thank them for their service, but we just fucking throw them into the streets. And every year, we just throw more money at the military, but only the part that kills other people. And we're like, fuck our own people when they're done. US military spending last year was 800, 
$1.1 billion and we can't take care of our vets? Especially when the thing that was funded for $801 billion is the reason they have the problem in the first place? These motherfuckers in Congress salute with one hand and give the bird with the other. I don't even believe in the place, but fuck all those motherfuckers straight to hell. And then in absolutely massive news, we need to talk about Meta, which of course is a company that has never done anything wrong and is almost universally loved by everyone. And in no way related, this segment is brought to you by Mark Zuckerberg, who is definitely a human and not a lizard person. Kidding aside, he's obviously not a lizard person. He's a robot. But really, Mark and his company in the news for not the best of reasons. First of all, his company reported a 1% decline, bringing in only, oh, so sad, $28.82 billion this quarter compared to $29.07 billion a year earlier. Well, of course, that seems like a small decline and still a massive fuck ton of money, something to consider. One, in addition to slipping revenues, Meta's profits also fell from 36% a year prior to $6.69 billion. Two, Meta's stock has lost half of its value since the beginning of the year. Three, the company is also reportedly forecasting a bleak third quarter for revenue, predicting between 26 and $28.5 billion, which falls a good deal below the around $30 billion analysts had been expecting. And four, in an earnings call yesterday, Zuckerberg told investors that the company will need to tighten its belt by slowing hiring and cutting costs, saying that many teams will shrink so we can shift energy to other areas inside the company and adding, this is a period that demands more intensity. I expect us to get more done with fewer resources. And telling investors, we seem to have entered an economic downturn that will have a broad impact on the digital advertising business. It's always hard to predict how deep or how long these cycles will be, but I'd say the situation is worse than it was a quarter ago. Right, and to real human person Zuckerberg's point here, this comes as the U.S. economy shrunk for the second quarter in a row, falling at a 0.9% annual rate and prompting fears that we're headed into a recession. And the decline in digital advertising driven by marketers pulling back on spending due to the economic uncertainty has also hurt other big tech companies like Google and Twitter, which both also posted revenue declines this quarter. But when I say that, I don't want you to think that all problems are created equal. Meta, Facebook, whatever the fuck you want to call it, they've had a very hard time over the last year or so. And a lot of it's been focused on the platform having to remodeling a lot of its structure in response to new barriers, which include privacy changes made by Apple that limited Meta's ability to collect data on mobile users and made ads much less effective, as well as at the same time having to deal with intense competition from other competitors like TikTok. Which I will say, all of that brings us to the second half of this story, why everyone's pissed. Right, just last week, Zuck and Co. announced massive changes to the Facebook app that make it more like TikTok. They've also been heavily promoting Reels, its version of TikTok-like short-form videos to Instagram users, as well as investing in artificial intelligence to boost content from accounts that users don't already follow on their feeds. And while Zuck claimed yesterday that Meta saw positive trajectory and engagement trends in Reels and the AI investments last quarter, the company has also struggled to monetize Reels, which isn't as lucrative as Instagram stories in the main news feed. And beyond that, as all these changes are happening, there's been massive public anger mounting. With many not receiving these changes positively, there's been a ton of backlash, including from some of the most high-profile and influential people on the site, like Kylie Jenner, who shared a post saying, make Instagram Instagram again, stop trying to be TikTok, I just want to see cute photos of my friends, sincerely everyone. And say what you will about Kylie Jenner, a lot of people are focusing on what she said here, in part, yes, because she's such a massive creator on the platform, but also because she's the same girl who tweeted that she didn't like Snapchat anymore in 2018, it caused Snapchat stock to tank by over a billion dollars. Whether it be because of the Kylie Jenner post or just everything at large, Instagram itself responded. The platform's leader basically saying, we hear you, we understand you, we love you, but ah, we're not just gonna listen to what you want, fuckhead. Money over bitches, rule one at Meta. Also, even more regarding money, there have been questions about Meta's investments. Ray Zuckerberg has been spending a ton, a just fucking giant amount of money on his vision for the metaverse. Well, he claims that this is a long-term investment that will cost a lot now, but pay off. I mean, some investors are concerned that it won't pay off. And even in that space, they're constantly seeing issues like literally the same day they put out this dismal quarterly report, the Federal Trade Commission filed an antitrust lawsuit against the platform to block it from buying the virtual reality 
functionality game developer within, with the FTC arguing that Meta was acting monopolistically and accusing the company of trying to buy its way to the top, and claiming that the acquisition was illegal and would allow the company to get one step closer to its ultimate goal of owning the entire metaverse, which sounds like the plot of a fucking fantasy novel, but you've been alive for the past 10 years, we pretty much do. And while of course, yes, this is just one deal, experts say that this is an indicator that it will be difficult for Meta to pursue future deals, which could seriously undermine its bet that the metaverse will be the next frontier of technology. And so I know this has been an absolutely massive story, and of course I'd love to hear your thoughts on any aspect, but the thing that really stands out to me that is that social media is not really a social thing anymore. It's all about like consuming and performing. And while I felt like that has been the case for a while now, I think this kind of just further cements it, and it shows, it shows like, of course this is what happened. When every company year over year has to show exponential impossible growth both for like the number of people on the platform and how long they're there and like how much money is being made a fucking course they're gonna do this they don't give a shit about you and your friends they only care to the point that you will leave their platform for another one we've always just been the customer and the product not people to them and it's kind of shitty because the natural evolution of the internet is making it less fun but ultimately that is where that story and today's show ends thanks for subscribing and being a part of these daily dabs in the news being a part of that conversation down below also if you want more news i got covered here and here. But as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow. Fuck no. Monday. Nailed it. First try.